tune in and turn on to 650 WCAB. Cabrini Radio has been around for over 40 years. 89.1 WIBF, The Edge. And it has so much history. The Burn in Radnor, 89.1 FM. From its inception in the 80s to present day 2023. You're listening to 89.1 WIBF FM in Radnor, Pennsylvania, Cavalier Radio. There are a lot of stories, and we're going to tell them. You're listening to Cavalier Radio right here on CavalierRadio.com. You are tuned into Carrier to Current, the history of Cabrini Radio. Hi, I'm Matthew Rutherford, and welcome back to Carrier to Current, the history of Cabrini Radio. The executive staff members of 2022-2023 sat down with over 30 Cabrini Radio alumni. We found one thing in common. Everyone had unique stories that all tied together to make the radio studios in Widener and Founders Hall the place to be. Everyone's experience was different, but every one of them enjoyed their time on Cabrini Radio. On March 1st, 1982, WCAB had its first launch under station manager Frank Hogan. Well, what everybody thought the first launch was. Here's Andy Zipfelt and Tom Schultz to tell more. Do you know what the first song that was played on uh, WCAB back in the day? Yeah, I do. Frank Hogan played it. You mean that well, one? Well, that one, that's because I was going to, well, it leads into the story that, yeah, what, what is the first song that Frank played? We It's a song we all begged him not to yeah, play. So Frank, just... Frank was, when we had the the actual launch, it was a, a middle, like a noon, yeah, I don't big know. deal, like refreshments, people from the comm department were all there hanging out. <laughs> Tom, and, and Frank flipped the I switch. I had to wear shoes. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Frank flipped the switch and he started and he played Let's Get Physical by Olivia Newton-John, <laughs> which was a big hit at the time and we all we, and we all begged him we not to do it. We all hated it. Now, we all love Olivia Newton-John now, of course, but, yeah, no, but we, 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 were, we so loathed it. And, uh, but the, the fun fact is that that wasn't the first song i don't know what the, what the song was but as we mentioned earlier we kind of snuck in the night before and flipped the switch and kind of did our own thing and um and not, we played whatever we wanted to at the time but but officially the first song was let's get physical by uh, by living newton john yeah right after frank finished his kickoff as the first dj on our station i was the first student that took over for him then but like tom said the night before sorry frank we snuck in <laughs> Tom flipped the switch on, called his roommate down in house seven and said, can you hear this down there? And he was like, yeah, we can hear it. And then I was playing records and talking it up and we were goofing because we knew no one would be listening. But he told everybody else in the house and then they uh, called us and asked for requests. Next thing you know, house, other houses were calling. So we we had sort of a, uh, a pirate radio night the night right. before the official right. kickoff. Right. Cabrini Radio couldn't get itself off the ground on its own. Matt McGeehan and Matt Hudlovsky, both part of the transition from WCAB to WYBF, tell the story of a big supporter in the Cabrini Athletics office. I'd be remiss to uh, not mention Coach John Zeke, who is now in the Hall of Fame. He was athletic director and basketball coach here for a couple decades. He really um, supported us and gave us uh, um, access to the, the both men and women's basketball programs, really the whole athletic department, all the coaches and the players, and, you know, running the lines to go make center court to broadcast the games. He was integral in, in getting us all that opportunity. I'll give you an interesting story. We used to do a star of the game show after the game. And coach was very, very uh, helpful with that and understanding and appreciate, you know, appreciate that we were given the, 
you know, someone the acknowledgement of being the star of the game. So one day he had forgotten to send somebody over. So I went into the post-game meeting in a class. They were having it in a classroom down here, and this was called Sacred Heart Hall at the time. And uh, I knocked on the door. He turned around, and he said, who do you need? And I told him who he wanted, and he came right out, the player. So it was, that was kind of the relationship that we had. Like the coach, he knew that what we were trying to do and what, you know. Um, so it was, it was cool, you know, and it was a great relationship with Coach Zeke. And one thing, too, that I remember about Coach Zeke, remember that show we had where they were cutting some, some sports? They were going to cut some sports here. And um, we went to Coach Zeke, and we said, look, Coach, can you come on the show and, and talk? to uh, the athletes because he was also the athletic director. Mm -hmm. And we said, coach, you need, you need to leave the coach hat here. We need you on as the athletic director. And um, he came on and we got a lot of calls and there were a lot of students that were upset because their sports were being cut. But he, he sat there and he took the, took the calls and answered the questions and he was terrific. And that's one of the shows that I remember the most because we dealt with a topic and that was, that was, um, you know, a hot topic at that time. And, uh, you know, so, that was uh, one thing that I, I remember about Coach was, was that uh, he gave us a lot of respect for what we were doing. Cabrini Radio has been heavily involved with music on campus. Whether they were doing live shows or getting interviewed on the station, it has been a big part of Cabrini's history. When it comes to these events, it didn't work out every time. Sometimes there were acts brought to campus who felt like they didn't belong. Dan Francis, who was part of the transition from WCAB to WYBF, tells a story about one of those acts. I'm not quite sure why, but they had a band come and play in the gym. They had a concert, and a concert that, you know, happened here. And um, the the group was called Shadow Facts, which I got to tell you why they were here, I had no idea. They were that it's like a progressive new age jazz fusion kind of band. Why they were here and like people came and were like, "What?" cuz it's just uh it was like kind of freeform esoteric jazz. And and I was assigned to interview them. <laughs> so I was supposed to meet with someone from the band at the mansion and interview him. I was not prepared. I had no idea who they were. And I just, I felt like every question I asked was, was like a stupid question. At least that was the vibe I was getting from the guy because he just played. I was like, well, what, what size and I think he was not very happy to be at Cabrini playing because I asked him like, "Oh, what, what, what's your average uh, like size show?" And he's like, "Well, we played yesterday in Long Island for forty thousand people. I don't think we're going to get that today." I'm like, "Okay, um, how long have you been playing in a band?" And, you know, and I, I had no idea, and I realized that I had to be very, very prepared if I was ever to <laughs> interview a band again or, or like that because that was just, I walked in with nothing and was just making stuff up and it was kind of awful. So Dan's story is not the only time an act didn't belong on campus. Wayne McDowell from The Burn joined us through Zoom and has another story about an act who not only didn't belong on campus, but they acted like they owned the campus. They acted like they owned the communication wing in Founders Hall. They destroyed the place. 2004, we really start. 2000, yeah, 2004, we started pushing the envelope with what this studio could do. We would have local acts come up, and they would just do like unplugged type sessions in the studio, um, which was all right. 2005, we uh, used the connection between the TV studio, and we actually would do live shows there. One band that destroyed the TV studio 
And I don't even know if, if Kathy Youngman has any idea this ever happened. We cleaned it up perfectly. But there's a band called the Union Dead, and they were horrible. They were now in order to get certain acts, you had to kind of accept other ones. Right. So like you'd, you'd get someone good, but then it's like, oh, God, now I give this person a favor. And, and also, too, we got to the point by our senior year, we've been doing it for about a year and a half, almost two years. We, we were kind of out of we were, we were running out of acts. So the Union Dead was this glam rock, like the 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 fluffier side of metal, like Poison or Motley Crue. And uh, they we had them come up to the studio. And they brought with them an entourage. Now, uh, other bands brought people up, and even like the even the heavier ones, Rumble System Grinder, even you know, again being a faster metal, and blacklisted, you know, with the, with the hardcore kids running around, they were so respectful, so respectful. It because they knew what we were doing. We were recording the live set that they could use, and we were. I mean, it was, and there was that there was that respect. It was just un, unparalleled. But Union Dead could not have cared less they destroyed the studio the singer had this like huge swelled head where he would only do certain things for certain things and like he wanted he had like demands for going on i said i said to their manager who was this and they were all baked out of their mind they i mean i like even the people that were in charge of them their handlers were all stoned and so uh so they had a list of demands and i literally said to the manager we're not doing any of that so you can just go or you can stay the choice is yours um and they stayed uh of course uh and so we had everything all set up uh everything's plugged in we we're getting ready to uh we had uh, the intro coming in and you know we told the band to go start playing um their fans were you know making noise the singer started climbing there's this huge ladder and keeps it climbing up at the top climbed up to the lighting and was hanging on one of the lights and then he was jumping off of the desk that they had they had like this desk for like i guess a news feed or it was like it was like a it was a prop but it was a prop desk um you could sit at and he jumped it was jumping on top of that he was doing he was trying to like the david lee ross stuff like the kicks all over the place he and now mind you he's drunk while he's doing this so and and high um and he's just he's he's going crazy then he starts halfway through the set throwing up compulsively all over the TV studio. And we're like, what? So, so uh, their guitar player, their guitar player, wanting to be all, I guess, 90s grunge alternative, decided he wanted to smash his guitar on the floor, right? Of course, it's going to damage the floor. So, uh, yeah, it, it was a disaster. Uh, we started the live set. Uh, the show was from 8 to 10. Uh, I think it was on Saturdays. Um, no, it was Sunday, Sunday, 8 to 10. And uh, so by like maybe... 9 30 it, it started to like kind of go downhill and that's when it got crazy and they would they wouldn't leave so we were trying to wrap it up and they just kind of kept going um and then finally it was like midnight and we were able to finally get them out and we were like at that point we didn't care we were like just you know get the get the out like we were we were not mincing words we just wanted them out of there and then we spent the entire night cleaning i mean we we had um the janitor's closet um in the comm hall, which I think it was, is now like the commuter lounge, but like, or was the commuter lounge. I don't know what it is now, but, um, the, the general's club was always open. So we were able to get in there because mop buckets. I mean, we, and we were like going room to room in, in, uh, in, um, new res trying to get cleaning stuff just to like clean it up and make, you know, and, uh, one of the guys we had who was a regular at the TV studio who knew it way better than I did. I was just the radio station. Um, he like checked the light. Thank God that light was intact that he was, that the, the singer was hanging on um but yeah it was uh that was one of the craziest nights at the radio station 
going from Wayne's story about animals hanging from the ceiling in the communication wing, former general manager Heather Fullerton joined us through Zoom to tell us a story about real live animals inside the walls. So uh, without naming names, we had, um, there's always something interesting going on in the, in the radio station. And I had security cameras in this in the radio station um, for the safety of everyone since people were in so late and the school itself didn't have cameras in our hallway. So we had uh, the communications department installed a couple small cameras just so that way we'd have eyes on, on anything. And uh, the one day I was checking the cameras and um, a couple of the DJs had uh, purchased some hamsters and they didn't have time to make it back to the room to drop the hamsters off, which they shouldn't have had the hamsters in the room either, but not, it wasn't my, uh, my place on that one. So they brought the hamsters into the radio station. Okay, shouldn't be there, not a big deal. Until they decided to take the hamsters out of the cage during the radio show. And then um, they were baby little hamsters. And if you've ever held a hamster, they don't particularly like to be held, especially when they're little like that and aren't used to human contact. And uh, I actually had the video of the hamster jumping out of their hands and scaring underneath the audio board, which then led them into all of the wiring underneath all of the radio equipment. And it took eight of us to get the hamster out because there's a channel that goes from all of the radio desk equipment into the walls, which is where all of the main wiring is. And we were trying to block the hamster from being able to get into the walls of the communication department where it would never be found again. And uh, so we did manage to block it off. And uh, after about four different boys try who tried to get it and screamed every time it got close to them, one of the girls grabbed it and was able to, to get it safely, uh, probably traumatized, but we did rescue the hamster. But that was, that one went down for sure, is that we, uh, we had a runaway hamster in the wiring of the radio station. Thankfully, it was too small to nibble on anything. It didn't have enough teeth to bite into anything. But all we were picturing was, you know, this fried hamster nibbling on electrical wires and the smell that was going to come from that and what we were going to do to try and find this poor little hamster scurrying in the walls of the communication department. Some people say there's magic inside those studio walls and not just hamster magic. John Doyle from WCAB tells a little bit about that and how he was able to charm his now wife of over 35 years through the station. We made mixtapes for people we cared about on a regular basis. And mm -hmm. actually it's a great memory sitting in the the production booth, um, having just met the woman who would become my wife in Spain and being in school the following year mm -hmm. and going in and like producing like mixtapes for her using the studio equipment, which made <laughs> them so good. Like they sounded really great. Yeah. They're easy to edit. I don't attribute my wedding to Cavalier Radio, <laughs> but I would say that there is some like legitimate connection mm -hmm. between th my ability to sort of produce these like charmingly romantic like yeah. pieces of material for her. So like, that's like a really special memory. That's all the time we have on this episode, but there's still plenty of unique stories to come. So make sure you tune in to the part two. Thank you for listening. And we will see you on the next episode. This podcast was produced by the 2022, 2023 executive staff of Cavalier radio. You can tune in to more episodes on Apple podcast, anchor FM, 
Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cabrini Radio is still going strong, so check us out at CavalierRadio.com, where we stream 24-7. Please like and follow on all of our socials at Cavalier Radio.